Hello guys. Okay. See Jessica's up. Albert, I've sent you the co-host request. And there's Greg. Yeah. Hi guys. Hi. Can you hear yeah, you? I can hear you. Oh, good. All right. Well, that can you hear me? Yep. There you are. Hi, Toad. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I forgot that uh, spaces only work on mobile. I was like, oh crap. Yeah, I actually did the same thing. I I did it last week too. Mm -hmm. I was on my computer trying to start the thing, and then I, I kept I couldn't figure out how to do it. It just kept saying set reminder. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I had the yeah, same. Yeah. I had the same problem with the Brave browser, but then I opened up the um, Microsoft Edge, and so I'm in Edge right now. It works in, in Edge, but for some reason, that's weird. That's what I'm in on my browser. Oh. I have Apple phone, but my computer's not. So I don't know. I'm just it's a good thing we have so many devices nowadays. So I just pulled open my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So. I know we probably, were you watching some football, Toad? Yeah, you know it. Yeah, well, it's a good time kind of because one game ended and it's only going to be the beginning of the other one at least. So we'll just yeah. start on like introducing the space and, and our groups and caucuses and then hopefully some more people will be jumping on in the meantime. So this is part two of our presidential candidate hopeful series for the Libertarian Party, hosted by the um, Pro-Life Caucus, who has included the Christian Caucus and the Center for Natural Law. So I'm Kara, founder of the Christian Caucus. We have Albert from Pro-Life Caucus and um, Dr. Greg LaPointe from the Center for Natural Law. So we'll be the main ones that are doing the interviewing questions. And then also Jessica, a co-founder of the Christian Caucus. What we did last time is we just had her kind of check um, the comments for any you know good questions to ask that people put uh, in the thread of the space. We thought that would just be a little easier than trying to like moderate pulling up other speakers and stuff. So that way she can just kind of filter through and pick a couple. Um, so that's what we'll do with that. So if anybody wants to, they can put a question in that thread and then she can throw it up on the stage or the jumbotron, whatever people like to call it, um, and also ask the question. So uh, do you want me to go ahead and just talk about Christian Caucus first, and then we'll go through the three groups, Albert? Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. So Christian Caucus um, is something that we started last year, probably around April, and it was slow moving to start, but we're starting to kind of get more active. Um, it's just kind of like our main goal is to do work where libertarianism and Christianity intersect. And we believe that libertarianism is the natural philosophy that you would conclude um, politically if you're a Christian. So we wanna impact the party with Christian values and stances on things. And we also hope to impact our churches also with um, liberty views. And um, I was part of starting a politically active group or ministry at one of my churches I was at where I used to live. Um, the church I'm at now has one. We've had people in our um, caucus also start working on that kind of stuff in their respective churches. 
we are working on these spaces to try to kind of help throw our weight around with, you know, stuff like the pro-life views and Christian values, you know, um, to get those on the candidates' minds that are in the race. We um, really, for the Christian caucus, we want to promote things like family, community, strong churches. Um, we think that those things are imperative to a free society and doesn't really work without it. So we do think a, lo a lot about the voluntarism side of things in addition to rolling back the state. Um, that's kind of, oh, one more thing I'll say real quick. Tomorrow we have a push to lobby a committee on defund Planned Parenthood. This is a bill that was introduced almost exactly a year ago and has just been sitting in committee. So we wanna just kind of call them to push that through, make our voices heard. Um, that bill, it's just, it's like a moratorium on funding for a year, no federal dollars to Planned Parenthood or anywhere that performs abortions. And I know people have kind of like screeched at me online about the Hyde Amendment, but I mean, like, honestly, if we're propping them up, even if they're not directly billing federal do dollars for abortions, I mean, I, in my mind, we're still helping them mm -hmm. do it. So Hyde Amendment or not, we're still trying to work on pushing this forward. So anyways, that's my spiel. Um, Albert, you can go ahead and take the floor. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to add on to that because, uh, you know, what people don't realize sometimes is that money is fungible, right? So if you're allowing Planned Parenthood to have all this money for other purposes other than abortions, but then you're indirectly supporting abortions anyway, because that just means that they can allocate monies that uh, uh, they don't have to for other purposes for abortions. So, you know, so... Basically, groups that support abortion like that shouldn't be receiving any federal dollars, you know. However, uh, you know, however it's characterized. But anyway, um, going on to the pro-life caucus, um, the caucus was formed in 2020, shortly before the 2020 Libertarian Party convention, and the uh, purpose was to more organize the pro-life members of the Libertarian Party who pretty much had been pretty disorganized over the years. And over the years, there had been repeated efforts to um, influence the Libertarian Party to get rid of the abortion plank. But every single year, that didn't reach a majority. That didn't go anywhere. So in uh, 2020 was uh, our first really, I think, concerted effort. And uh, at the convention, we actually got half the delegates uh, about 50%, according to the chair, uh, to vote to remove the plank. However, we were uh, done in by the uh, online delegates who phoned in. And so there, the ratio was 60-40 uh, in favor of, of retaining the plank. So as a result of that, we lost that vote by 45% uh, to 55%. But we, you know, didn't want to um, leave it there, so we kind of redoubled our organizational efforts. And uh, two years later, um, thanks to building coalitions with other caucuses, um, uh, we were able to defeat the abortion plank. So I guess that's our claim to fame. And our chairman, Russell Brooks Brooksbank, introduced 
both times in 2020 and 2022, the, the motion to abolish the abortion plank. And so at this point, um, uh, we just want to maintain um, uh, or ensure that the, the party doesn't go back to its previous position. And so if three members of, of our caucus as part of the um, platform committee uh, of the Libertarian Party. And um, so that's one of our goals. Our other goal is to obviously make people aware that there are many pro-lifers within the Libertarian Party and to show up at conventions. I was at the Florida Libertarian Convention just yesterday uh, with a table. Um, and I got to meet quite a few of the candidates there uh, who were having a debate uh, last night. And um, so, you know, we, we intend to be at the Virginia Convention and obviously at the National Convention as well. The, uh, our preamble of the caucus states that uh, the Libertarian Party stands for the protection of the rights of the smallest minority, the individual. So we cannot think of an individual that needs more protection than a pre-born person. We believe that a pro-life stance is a correct stance for the Libertarian Party, and we strive to move the culture of the Libertarian Party towards that stance by supporting candidates for party leadership, nominees to public office, changes to our party platform, and education of fellow members. So that's in a nutshell what, uh, what we're about. So, Greg, would you like to say yes. something about the uh, Center for Natural Law? Yes, the Center for Natural Law promotes the natural law, and it really echoes much of what has already been said. Uh, the uh, natural law is definitely pro-life. Uh, we should celebrate life, not destroy it. Um, it is a, an emphasis on personal responsibility, family, and community. And so... Uh, the natural law is a, a natural uh, 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 partner with the Libertarian Party. Actually, natural law is the science or the philosophy that justifies libertarianism. Uh, libertarianism and natural law are uh, unified. They're really connected necessarily. So we promote the natural law, and consequently, when it comes to politics, it's got to be uh, libertarianism and, again, pro-life. So uh, the natural law is without question pro-life and also libertarian. That's my statement. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. Sure. All right. So we can start getting into it now. I notice I'm having trouble and Jessica just messaged me saying she's having trouble doing the comment thing. So if you wanted to ask a question and you're mm -hmm trying to leave a comment on the spaces thread and you just can't do it um i guess maybe go ahead and request to speak later um after we've kind of gone through the three groups asking questions and then you know we'll we'll probably just have to do it that way but if you can find a way to leave a, a comment in the in that little thread usually that's available so if you can do that that would be ideal so we will get going by we'll start by letting toad go ahead and just give his spiel i know you haven't like done a lot of campaigning and um like interviews so we're honored to have you uh why don't you go ahead and tell us like what you're about what your campaign is about and a little bit about your stances on things like what's your focus 
Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, well, yeah, it might seem a little uh, strange that I'm here with the uh, Christian Caucus because I am also one of the hosts of the most degenerate offensive podcast on the planet, The Tower Gang, which, yes, I do offensive comedy, but I also agree with you on all of the things that you just said in uh, promoting uh, pro-life 100%, uh, promoting family values uh conservative like traditional values are also things that i stand for despite also being on this degenerate podcast so i refer to myself as a paleo degenerate and as far as my uh, campaign is concerned uh, i kind of wanted it to be like a shit posty type of campaign really and i wanted i wanted it to be a campaign that would be social media oriented and kind of uh like attract eyeballs to it and be like basically have the reaction from people wait wait a minute this is based <laughs> this is the most based uh campaign uh that we see out here so like number one I, I listed out five planks like back in the day and they haven't really changed very much number one was um meme them until they cry so i think one of the most important things that we can do is take to social media because if you're a candidate and you're running for the libertarian party and you think you're actually going to like win the presidency or anything like that you're completely delusional so that's not going to happen what the goal here is is we want to uh make this a messaging campaign and we want to hit social media as hard as we can and meme them until they cry what i mean by that is we want to uh be using social media to go after like the worst of the worst the worst people the politicians federal government lockdown governors everybody like that and just like make it clear for all the the people that are out there on social media like what we stand for here we stand against these people and the worst authoritarians that are out there uh, number two was uh governors to gitmo which is which is uh I, as uh, Josh Smith talks about in his campaign, uh, his campaign is a campaign uh, that is focused on vengeance, uh, essentially against the uh, lockdown governors. I actually take it a step further than Josh does, where he wants like some sort of Nuremberg trial type of thing to happen. I think that the lockdowns were actually the trial, and they've proven that they're beyond a shadow of a doubt guilty of the worst crimes against humanity that we've seen in our lives. So there's been no accountability for that up to this point. I think we need to uh, push accountability for all the governors that implemented lockdowns, uh, all of the members of the federal government that were all pushing vaccines, anything uh, related to the, uh, the COVID regime, basically. There needs to be some sort of accountability. And I actually unironically would uh, put most of those people in Guantanamo Bay. I think that's where they belong. They don't even just belong in prison. Uh, they should have the worst possible outcome. They should not be able to get away with what they did to the American people. Uh, number three, my point number three is uh, make January 6th the national holiday, uh, which it should be. Uh, people refer to Jan what happened on January 6th as uh, an insurrection. Uh, that was not what happened at all. What we saw there was a bunch of people who had had enough of what was going on with the COVID regime. And they were focused on the right enemy, which is Congress, the federal government. So they got that right as far as uh, who they stand against, uh, which is also why the reaction from like the regime was what it was. Uh, they came down really hard on those people. So really what that plank is all about, which I, th I think it's actually important that what we wanna do is uh, I would 
free all of the January Sixers. Like so many of them got uh, harsh uh, prison sentences and punishments for essentially walking into a building, a public building. And that should not happen to these people. These people are, they're pretty much, they're like everyday Americans and they're people that, that had had enough and that basically I think mostly stand for what we all stand for. So they should be freed. So that's that plank. Plank four, I had originally called Crimea River because, uh, or Crimea River, because the war in Ukraine was at the forefront uh, at that time. This is, and I wanted to like bring in the, because I'm running out of the emo caucus. I, want, I wanted to bring in the, the emo aspect of that, but I've had to change that a little bit because the war in Ukraine has now um, taken a back seat to the war in Israel, but this effectively is the same thing. It's a, uh, it's an anti-war plank where, we should just make it very clear that we stand for the U.S. having no involvement in that whatsoever. Uh, all the troops should be brought home. Uh, this is an effort to just continue to prop up the military-industrial complex. The U.S. government, they just want uh, continuous wars uh, in order to do that. We should end that as much as we can, uh, push for the end to all of that. We should not uh, be sending any foreign aid over there whatsoever uh, and especially not uh, getting involved in acts of war over there or in any of these other countries as well i know the there's been uh they've ramped up the efforts in uh yemen recently as well like all of these wars need to stop so standing against every single one of those things and then plank five that i had out there was essentially uh an effort to abolish the public education system but what I, I kind of phrase it in a way uh, such that it was uh, more like what we want to do is uh, promote emo listening because, again, uh, running out of the emo caucus for uh, essentially for depressed uh, young people, depressed teens. Like nowadays, things have just shifted to the point where like they don't really know when like when they're kind of confused, they don't really know like what's like where they stand really. It seems like what's being pushed on these young people now is uh, like the trans bullshit basically. And uh, just all of that type of stuff. It's an effort to just end all of that and somehow take the culture back and push the culture back in the other direction. I think one huge step towards doing that would be to really attack the uh, public education system, which is a huge part of what's going on there. It's pushing all of that shit on the young people and I want to uh, just eliminate all that. So that is essentially what my campaign is about. Hmm. Yeah, thank you. That's very illuminating. I'm glad you had those planks to share with us. I like, I see that, you know, it's like kind of has a sense of humor, but it's also serious and I can appreciate that. And a lot of this stuff, I feel like it's um, kind of is pushing the over tin window for people that might lean a little more normie. Um, so where you took Josh's and pushed it further, you know, it might shake some people awake to even see that there's a problem. Um, I think that we can ask a couple of questions now. Greg, you kind of like sounded like you wanted to jump in and ask something right away. Did you want to? Well, I do have some questions uh, right away. So is this Chris you think, yeah. Christine, right? Kara. <laughs> I'm sorry. My, my apologies, Kara. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I've got a couple of questions ready. You know, uh, I think as, sure. as Kara made a point earlier uh, about uh, wanting more Christians to become libertarian, 
I, you know, I'm of the opinion that really the correct political party for all Christians is the Libertarian Party. So let me ask you just a couple of quick questions with that position in mind. Uh, two questions. One is, you know, in World War II, Russia was not our friend, but they were a friend enough that we brought them in and they help us defeat uh, Nazi Germany and uh, Hitler. So they were useful, even though they were not 100% uh, an ally or a friend. Now, with regard to the Republicans and the Democrats, I believe most people think that with, although both parties violate that, uh, uh, libertarian principles, uh, I, I think it's fair to say that the Republican Party might be, uh, I think a lot of people might believe this, a, a better friend to the libertarians, certainly than the Democrats. Now, wouldn't it be, strategically speaking, a good idea to join forces where it made sense with the Republicans in order to defeat our worst enemy, the Democrats? Is there any wisdom in that approach? That's question number one. Uh, yeah, well, I will say that I, I don't think the United States should have gotten involved in World War II at all, but I'll, uh, I'll leave that aside to answer the, uh, the question at hand here, which I agree with you that um, the Republican Party uh, in its current state right now is certainly more pro-liberty than the Democrat side is, or maybe I would, I guess I would say it's less anti-liberty than the uh, Democratic Party is. And I think there are, are there are certain Republicans that, that we would not be able to ally with, which are, I call them the regime Republicans, which would be like Dan Crenshaw and that whole, and Nikki Haley and that whole wing of the Republican Party that are kind of, they're just all the neocons basically. And they're all pro-war. I don't think that there's any ability to like aligned with those people at all. But what I think uh, where I think there is like some wisdom here is that I think we can push the Overton window in such a way that we get more people that are pro Liberty into the Republican party. And we're kind of seeing that happen in a way where we're at least seeing it's, you know who they are. Cause it's all the people that are kind of in the Republican party who like piss off a bunch of people, but even they, I don't think are like completely pro Liberty, but it's kind of an effort to like shift the Republican Party more in that direction. Like you at least saw some people in the Republican Party who were like opposing the COVID lockdowns and stuff like that. And of course we have Thomas Massey and Rand Paul over there in the in the Republican Party. If we can get more guys like that in the Republican Party, yeah, that would be that would be an effort that I think would be definitely positive. So, so strategically, it, it makes sense. I mean, the, the, the Republicans are not synonymous with the Libertarian Party, but since they're closer to us and Democrats, why don't we join forces and, and get rid of the Democrats? And then that would just leave the Republicans and the Libertarians, seems to me. Okay, okay. what a great answer, by the way, Toad. So here's my other question. I am a little stunned that all Christians are not libertarians. Really, I am. I mean, it seems to me uh, all that membership is just waiting for us to take. But this happens. Whenever you hear libertarians talk, or I should say frequently when you hear libertarians talk, and they talk about freedom, an example of freedom that they propose is, hey, we can take drugs or we should legalize drugs. Now, that does not sound good to the Christian. Or they might say, we should legalize prostitution. And that may be a, a valid point with regard to liberty. Let people make their own decisions. No question about it. But once you say that, 
you've turned off 90% of the Christian mem potential membership by using those examples. I think of it in terms of virtue and vice. Yes, we have freedoms. Why not choose the freedoms that uh, uphold virtue? Uh, why not uh, just, in other words, not mention what is considered to be vice? I th again, I think all Christians, I, I, we should be, uh, we should take over all Christian churches easily. But the, the Libertarian Party are, are constantly giving examples and constantly talking about those things which to the Christian are considered sin or vice or abhorrent. So is there anything we can do to clean up uh, the, liber the image or the dialogue? Maybe it's just a matter of messaging. You mentioned that. Could we start messaging and emphasizing virtue in terms of, with respect to our freedoms and bring in all these Christian churches like we should have done a long, long time ago? Any wisdom in that? Uh, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And I think uh, I might actually say that the, the Libertarian Party might uh, be permanently lost in a way or maybe even the the term libertarian because of the stuff that you were just talking about the fact that you have so many people that have that are basically libertine who have kind of infiltrated the libertarian party the libertarian sphere and you're right they lead with stuff like we're going to like legalize all drugs we're going to legalize prostitution all this stuff and yeah that is in line with libertarianism that is true like there shouldn't actually be laws against that but leading with that type of stuff is kind of ridiculous and it's kind of insane because it's like you're leading with stuff that is like <laughs> that's along the lines of cultural decay and like you said it's vices like i don't think that makes any sense to do that like i think we should be leading with uh like pro-family family values and leading with more stuff that is going to kind of really it should just like sound sane to normal people essentially uh but i don't know that um be able to uh do that like through the libertarian party as a vehicle necessarily i think somehow we need to uh like disassociate ourselves i would say from like the left libertarians if you want to call them that if that makes sense yeah that's a great answer you do understand and i think the way the right way to understand that problem is the libertines are uh a, a action a, a a part of the libertarians and it is that dialogue that turn off so many christians again when you look at it from a conceptual or a theoretical point of view all these christian churches should be libertarians they should we should have had these locked up a lot excuse me these christians locked up a long long time ago and we would be winning elections you had mentioned that there's no hope for a libertarian to win this one reason why because when you hear these vices that the christians don't want to be a part of they will they just push the libertarian party as it's to the side it's not an option but you understand that totally and that's a great answer i'll ask one more quick question i'll move back and let the others talk i might have some questions later though what book would you recommend for a, a newcomer to the Libertarian Party to read to get a good basic understanding about libertarianism? Yeah, uh, I actually forgot to address the uh, the churches part of it. I'll just say really quickly that I do think that um, a lot of the Christian churches, at least around where I am in Boston, in Massachusetts, I see a lot of them having been like subverted at this point where they're not really preaching like actual christianity anymore at this point like they become part of uh 
what I kind of just referred to as the cathedral, which is kind of just like the overall regime, like all the institutions that have been infiltrated by like the government ideology. So you'll see like, for example, churches up here, like flying trans flags and flying Ukraine flags and all this stuff. And it's just ridiculous. And it's like, well, they're not really promoting Christianity and they're kind of uh, like, they're using like the facade of Christianity to actually push like authoritarian messaging uh, and anti-liberty messaging. So that's a problem. And it's something that we have to like grapple with. And I don't really know uh, what the actual solution would be to that other than trying to like shift the Overton window, shifting the culture back in this way and really just like decentralization. And like some somebody mentioned like localization and local communities earlier. I think that would be the way to do that where you have like much more like localized uh, churches and you can, uh, you really have more like control over that type of thing. And wh what was the actual question now? <laughs> well, you know, I just, I mean, that's a very good response. And I, I'll summarize it by saying this. The Christian churches, the Catholic church, for example, has been totally co-opted by ideologies, political progressivism. There are Catholics who believe being a good Catholic means yeah. being a Democrat. You know, 53% of Catholics voted for Joe Biden. Yeah. That is a huge blemish. That's a, a, a gigantic grade F for the Catholic Church's educational system. So you're you're at what what you're saying is absolutely true. They the church, the Catholic Church, and many Christian churches uh, have been co-opted by ideologies, ridiculous leftist type ideologies. No doubt about it. We've lost that battle at least momentarily. But the, the libertarian way of thinking is the Christian political system. Because of the natural law, if I if I can add that natural law that is libertarianism. Anyway, my my other little question uh, before I back away here is: What book would you recommend uh, a, a newcomer, the Libertarian Party, to read to get a pretty good understanding of uh, what libertarianism is? Yeah, uh, Greg, you're breaking up a little bit, but yeah, right. The uh, the book question. Yeah, I would recommend. Uh, the same book that uh, was kind of an intro to like libertarianism for me, I was coming like from the right, uh, from being a Republican. And I read this book and once I read it, I was like, oh, this is like kind of outlining the ideas of libertarianism. And I kind of had thought that I was already a, li a libertarian. And I'm like, oh, like this kind of confirms it for me. And that book is Ron Paul's Revolution. Uh, it's it's a fairly short book. Uh, you can probably read it in like a few hours. And uh, it's he just outlines like really basically hits like all the key issues, uh, including abortion in there. And uh, I think, I think that's a good way to go. Thank you, Toad. Thanks. Yeah. So yes. Toad, you answered kind of at least part of some of the questions I was going to have. Um, I agree with you about the churches. You wrote an answer in our questionnaire because we asked you about the thought, your thoughts of the role of the church in the political sphere, and you were saying how the church is being subverted by the state, and it's being made to preach the religion of the state and not of Christianity. And so defense against that is very important. That's what you said, and I really like that. Um, with that in mind, because I do see that here in California too, you know, we've got these progressive, for lack of a better term, churches that are flying the LGBTQ flags and, you know, I stand with Israel doing kind of like getting, you know, they're political and, you know, for the progressive agenda. And yet we also have churches that are standing up for conservative Christian values and for freedom. So 
being that you said that the defense of that is important, how would you like see that working out? How how would we defend the conservatism in, in churches? Uh, I mean, I think sort of like what I uh, what I said a little while ago. I think really the only answer I think is to have like more local control over the churches, and I think it needs to be like a cultural shift. However, that might happen and maybe uh it can't happen in like a centralized way necessarily so i think most importantly i think it's going to have to involve like focus on like the people that are closest to you family friends like uh people that are in your community in your neighborhood whatever and take like control of those churches and make them into what you want them to be i think that's really the answer yeah take control of the churches we're going to take them over <laughs> Um, okay, so the other thing I wanted to ask is if you're willing to share, if you um, have like a certain faith that you practice, and if you do, how that influences your campaign or your run and your messaging and stuff like that. Uh, I am a Christian, uh, Protestant, uh, congregational, which is I don't know if it's just a New England thing, but that's, it's the way that I was brought up. And then I kind of uh, left it for a while in my like high school years and then came uh, or even beyond that. And then I came back to it after, actually, after I'd gotten into libertarianism, it was really the only thing that kind of made sense. And I went back to uh, Christianity, although I'm not really a practicing Christian necessarily at this point. Uh, I don't know that it affects my campaign that much other than that. I think that uh, Christianity, I do think, is perfectly in line with uh, the ideas of libertarianism, though. Okay, thank you. Um, Albert, do you want to jump in and ask some pro-life questions? Yeah, sure. But um, I'd also like to comment on some of the, the banter between Greg and, and Toad there um, about um, the left libertarianism that we've seen out of the Libertarian Party. And I think that was definitely a thing for many years. And that's why people have gotten a distorted view of what true libertarianism is. And um, I mean, in the interregnum, I mean, we had the Ron Paul candidacy in 1988, and he certainly was not a left libertarian. But unfortunately, um, the, the base of the party and the platforms and the policies that um, were prevalent in much of the Libertarian Party's history were, were strongly influenced by left libertarianism. That's why you had the abortion plank um, that, that was just eliminated um, two years ago. And I think the, the Reno reset and the, the takeover that, uh, that happened two years ago um, was a conscious effort to redirect the Libertarian Party away from, you know, I guess glorifying uh, the vice portion of liberty, as, as Greg was talking about, and to, to really refocus it on what you call virtuous liberty. You know, obviously, we don't want, whenever the government gets involved in criminalizing most areas that uh, you, you, you in, uh, end up, um, empowering a tyrannical bureaucracy. So there are good reasons not to uh, uh, criminalize things like prostitution or drugs and things like that. But, but the purpose of government, if there is to be government, is to uh, apply the non-aggression principle. And 
to ensure that people don't hurt each other and that contracts are observed and that you, you, don't, you don't have a right to murder people. And clearly abortion is a subset of that because it's unjustified killing. So that would fit under the non-aggression principle. So that's, but the problem is that in that area, these left libertarians, they're perfectly fine with violation of the non-aggression principle. Yeah. So that's, that's a big difference. So I think um, the, uh, the consistent position of promoting liberty for everybody uh, is what the Libertarian Party needs to stand for. But anyway, um, getting since abortion um, is my thing here, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Um, first of all, do you have a website? Currently, I do not. Okay. And do, do you intend to get a website? Uh, that has been my intent to do so, and I obviously I should do that. Uh, ho hopefully, I actually get that done. Okay. Um, yeah, the one question I'm asking all the candidates is whether they're willing to clearly state that they're pro-life on their websites. So if you do get a website, is that something that you will advertise? Yeah, I have no problem in doing that. And I, I advertise that like on social media and just uh, at, like as I talk about it, like if anybody asks me about it, or I think if you go back through my tweets, you'll probably see me referencing it on many occasions. Uh, yes, I'm pro-life. Okay, um, I guess digging deeper, um, you're obviously aware of the, the Dobbs decision, right? That the, the reverse Roe versus Wade. Um, yes. What is your opinion of that decision? Uh, so I am for that decision. So that decision, uh, so it overturned it at the federal level, I believe, which would uh, leave it, it kicked it back to the states, essentially. So really any step towards decentralization, I'm pretty much going to be for. Uh, so, of course, that might set up a situation where we're kind of seeing now, I guess, where you have certain states that are uh, just offering like crazy, like they're legalizing abortion, like in crazy ways, like where I am in Massachusetts. And then you see other states that are going in the opposite direction. But I actually think that that's better than uh, having some central uh, solution to that, uh, because then at least you have like in the marketplace of ideas, you have competing ideas and the hope would be, I guess, that the that the um, like the better side of that would win out. But I think more importantly is that, like for you and the people close to you, like you'd be able to uh, decide to like move to one of those states or something to be in a better situation. Okay. Although if, uh, yeah, I mean, if if it was going to be like a central decision, I would think that it it should be banned. Though that would be my opinion to ban abortion. Okay, so I guess your current uh, your position at, at the moment is that there should be no federal restrictions on abortion, but it should be left up to the states to decide. I think that's yeah preferable to having a federal decision. Yeah, as is the case with most uh, most things, I think the the federal government should not exist. But I think we should uh, at least any anything that's going to shrink the power of the federal government, I think, is generally generally good. So oh, if you were, let's say, a state legislator, 
you would vote to uh, criminalize abortion and to make it illegal for doctors to perform abortions. Is that correct? Correct, yes. Okay. Um, and what do you think should be the position of the National Libertarian Party on abortion? I believe it should be the same as what I just said. It should be that, uh, well, I guess if, if the, because it's the Libertarian Party, you want to phrase it in a libertarian way. I think uh, opposing abortion is the only consistent libertarian stance because abortion is murder. It is the killing of another human being. So I think that should be the clear stance of the, the Libertarian Party. And I think it's a pretty, I, I think it's a pretty obvious uh, libertarian stance to take, to be honest. Okay. Would you make a distinction between, let's say, what uh, the National Libertarian Party uh, position should be versus the state liber libertarian parties? Or um, Because I, I guess there are two views on this. There's um, Some libertarians take the position that the National Party shouldn't really, uh, shouldn't really mention abortion, period. I mean, in the past, they're basically in favor of abortion, but now they're neutral. Now there, there's no position on abortion. Um, so the alternative is to take a position against abortion or to remain neutral and allow the states to take positions one way or the other. So where would you fit in that, in that range? Yeah, so because the, the Libertarian Party, I think it really only serves as like a messaging vehicle and, and it is like wearing the, the banner of libertarianism, I, I do think that the National uh, Party should be taking a stance in opposition to abortion. And I mean, I I would think that, that the states like should as well, the state affiliates, but there's really, there's no control over like what, what the state affiliates are going to do. It's kind of really just like a, a clusterfuck really where you have certain states that are just awful on these things that are like really just their their libertarian affiliates are just a bunch of progressives really and you know which states those are because they all have me blocked on twitter but i i do think that uh the national party being like the like the like flag bearer of libertarianism really in the united states like i think that they should take a clear position on it like this is the position that is consistent with liberty with libertarianism okay um moving on to um the the method that's used most to kill um in utero persons which is um drugs you know causing abortions um what how would you um i guess prohibit or regulate those kind of drugs or would you Ooh. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I'd really have an answer to that. I, I don't know if I'd be in the business of, of necessarily regulating like any, uh, drug necessarily, but I think, uh, what it would come down to is, uh, banning like the actual act. So like what that drug is actually being used for. Okay. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, okay. Uh, this is kind of a non abortion related question, but. I've heard a lot of, um, it's a hot button issue among the libertarian candidates that I've been able to uh, listen to in their debates, which is, should transgender procedures be available to minors? What's your position on that? No, they should not. Okay.
And I guess the rationale, what, what would, you, would you be the rationale for your position? Yeah, well, I think uh, if you go along the lines of, of the fact that uh, minors are not able to consent to sex, uh, they're not they're not able to consent to a lot of different things. I think uh, you get into a situation where, I mean, of course, people like mature differently and they're going to be able to make different decisions at like different points in life. And I think it is pretty clear that this is something that's like being pushed on minors, like from really like from like a central level, from a federal level. But also if you get down to it, it really is just it's uh it's abuse it's just uh like mutilating uh the bodies of minors basically so i think that anybody that is like in that practice like that should be stopped from doing so i think it should be banned mm -hmm. uh, it is it is an act of aggression on uh on those children for sure okay um okay my final question is also not related to abortion but uh to immigration um the national platform uh, basically reflects kind of an open border type um, policy. But I've heard, uh, in fact, um, Dr. Rechtenwald, who we interviewed last week, um, had an interesting position, which isn't typically what we've heard from libertarians, which is basically he um, he believes in, in in allowing immigration on an invitation basis only, so he wouldn't obviously be kind of an open borders um, libertarian. Um, where would you fit in in the whole libertarian uh, in the whole immigration debate? Uh, I essentially agree with Rechtenwald on this. Uh, he's taking sort of the the Hans Hermann Hoppe approach to this, which is the the sponsorship program and the idea really is that um from a libertarian perspective when you have a situation where the government is in control of the borders and they're deciding who to let in and who not to let in you're in a situation that just that's just inherently not a libertarian solution any way you look at it and whether they're like allowing everybody in or whether they're not allowing anybody in like those are both uh, acts of aggression. Those are both property violations. So neither one of those is a libertarian solution. And I think that the open border uh, solution is actually the worst uh, of all of them uh, because it's just, it is just a government program. The government is just trying to flood uh, the country with like basically low intelligence voters. Uh, and it's, uh, it's having a cultural impact as well, which you see more in like countries in Europe and stuff like that where you have like the uh, refugees that are like fleeing uh some of the middle eastern countries that the u.s is bombing of course which also has something to do with it but they're like kind of you see this influx of uh uh like middle easterners into these european countries and you see like the number of rapes going way up and it's really just like it's having disastrous consequences but also from a libertarian perspective i think what uh rectumwald's uh approach is which is what hoppa's approach is is correct in that if you want to get into a situation that at least kind of mimics having sort of uh, like everything privatized and all private property, but you still have the government uh, in control of all the borders and you can't really have, I mean, that's not privatization, but if you want to get close to what uh, like a private uh, property situation would look like, then yeah, I think it would look something like if uh, somebody is actually inviting somebody in, then that would be 
like the voluntary solution to it where both sides are agreeing to something and that's like a voluntary transaction whereas if you have something like open immigration that's totally involuntary because you might have nobody agreeing to have these certain people like actually come into into their neighborhoods like if you look at like what open immigration is and you like bring it down to like a more local level and you think about it like are you going to just say, oh, we should have like open immigration like into my like small town or something like that and just have all these people come in, have this total like influx of people that don't agree with uh, us like on a cultural basis or anything like that. And we're just going to have them flood in. No, like that is definitely not the solution. It's not a libertarian solution. It's not a sane solution and it's not a popular solution. Okay, well, great. Well, thank you for the answers and I'll um, give it back to Kara. If you have any other questions, Kara. Yeah, um, thanks for asking those. I, I did also want to ask about the gender thing, because that's, you know, obviously there's a divide in the Libertarian Party about that. And um, I know especially Christians have a very strong opinion about that. So we're definitely interested to hear what candidates think on that. Um, I had a just a couple more questions. One was, you know, since the whole conflict with Israel and Palestine has happened, a lot of Christian churches have been very, you know, like, for lack of better term, Jessica had messaged me, they're simping for Israel. You know, they, they feel like we got to send all of our aid over there. And they're, they somehow kind of lump Christians and Jewish people or people in Israel, for that matter, like into this same brotherly category of some sort. And we're just wondering what would be like an approach to working on influencing them to, to see that differently. Ooh, that one, uh, that one might be the toughest because it's, uh, you're right. It's almost like, uh, like people that are sort of on the, on the right are kind of, it's almost like it's ingrained in them to just like be on that side and support, uh, like anything that has to do with Israel, basically. So that's like a tough one. I, there's got to be a way to try to, uh, I don't know, it's got to just be through messaging again and just try to uh, change people's minds and maybe try to like get them to see like, this is the exact same thing as what was going on in Ukraine. So you can't really have a, uh, you're not being consistent, at least if you uh, were opposed to what was going on in Ukraine, but the U.S. getting involved in Ukraine, but you're for the U.S. getting involved in Israel. So just maybe kind of drawing that parallel and being like, well, how can you reconcile those two things? If I may, um, like to comment on that. Um, how about just taking the, you know, the Ron Paul position? Uh, because Ron Paul has always been a very strong supporter of Israel. He just doesn't believe in foreign aid, period. And, and saying that, you know, uh, it's Israel's backyard, just like, you know, if Mexico attacked us, you know, it'll be our job to defend ourselves and to take care of business, right? So um, uh, what Israel is doing is their business. It's over there. Um, but we're not going to subsidize war. We're not going to subsidize them with mil military industrial, um, you know, f feed loop comp uh, uh, circle where we're, you know, taxpayer dollars are propping up our defense contractors who are uh, sending weapons over there. Um, but, you know, if Israel wants to buy weapons on the open market from us, 
that shouldn't be an issue. You know, that's a very libertarian solution, but we just don't believe in subsidies and not for anybody, not for Israel, not for Ukraine, not for uh, anybody, you know? So I think that should address uh, Christians' concerns because then they can take whatever position they want on the issue. You know, they could be a pro-Palestinian or pro-Israel, but it's just a matter of the federal government not getting involved, you know? Yeah, I, that's the problem is you would think that that would kind of stand, but there because of that perceived like religious connection, it's like it kind of warps people's minds. And there's just for some reason, this extra sense of duty that it seems like kind of like a hurdle, you know, they can't quite get over of where we shouldn't be intervening, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, yeah, that kind of that kind of makes sense. But then, you know, it's just a matter of first principles, basically. Uh, the, nobody's attacking us, uh, so why should our military be involved in it? So that it's about just mm -hmm. so they understand what the violation of first principles is. You know, well, you can't make an exception to that. Yeah, I mean, if you could somehow make it clear that like what the U.S. is doing and getting involved over there is not an act of defense, it's an act of aggression. If that can somehow be made clear and that it's resulting in many more people being killed. Uh, yeah, if that, if that message can get across, I guess that would be that would be the way. Yeah, that makes sense. OK, thanks, guys. That's just like an interesting kind of like hot button issue. So I thought um, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on it. Um, the last one I had before, I think there's um, there was somebody that had their hand up um, that's listening and they probably weren't able to ask a question. So the one last thing I was going to ask is I think we kind of asked Rechtenwald last week, the same one. He didn't um, have one yet, but we were wondering if you have a VP in mind or if you're going to, if you're going to announce one. Well, the, the VP voting is uh, separate. I, I had initially uh, announced, uh, brandy creatrix as my uh vp is kind of a joke because we disagree on like a whole bunch of stuff because she is more on the progressive side of things but i was also like hey i'm gonna have uh an attractive uh female <laughs> bring in more votes for me let's do that but uh if i was gonna select out of the uh, the actual vp field right now i would uh, i would take clint we would make it a a tower gang ticket 100 percent tower gang toad and clint Nice. Okay. All right. So let's see here if I can um, bring this requested person up. Democrat. Um, let's see. He's connecting and I'll let him ask his question. He's had his hand up the whole time. So go ahead. You're a speaker. Hey, Toad, I just got a question for you. If you're uh, okay with, you know, abortion being decentralized, uh, how do you feel about gun rights being decentralized? And if a state like California wanted to ban guns, would you be okay with that decision? Uh, as far as like California's, I mean, obviously I'm opposed to uh, that. Uh, I'm opposed to California doing that, but in the general uh, sphere of things, like that's better than that decision coming down like at a federal level. So I, what that is going to lead to is more decentralization, more secession, and maybe more people being like, fuck California, like I'm gonna move out of here. Like 
I mean, we could just like if you want California to just completely fall apart and you, and you can leave California, uh, I think that's like a better solution than uh, having some federal solution. All right. And my next question is, um, you're uh, you, you run a gambling show. And do you think that would uh, run well with the Christian caucus? I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, it's called Better Off Dead. And uh, yeah, I I think that, uh, well, what I what I do as far as uh, gambling, I mean, yeah, I, I, I consider it to be more uh, wagering. Uh, there's a lot of skill involved in what I do. So I don't think it's necessarily, uh, I don't think I'm necessarily putting that much at risk because I'm uh, maintaining like a bankroll and I'm being very uh, responsible about it. So I think that it gets into that like vice territory. It's sort of like the same thing as like drugs or anything like that. Like if you want to like consume some of those things responsibly, I mean, I think that's, I, I would not uh, stop you with force from doing so, but I'm also winning money over here. So, uh, All right. Um, if anybody else has a question, I'll give it a minute to see um, if somebody wants to come up. I don't think that I have any other questions. Um, Albert, did you have any last questions or Jessica, did you want to ask anything? Does anything come to mind before we close out? No, I'm done. I don't have anything further. So thanks. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that uh, gambling in itself is like not allowed per se in uh, Christianity, but I think it's kind of like you said, obviously, if it's something that like was taking over your life in a way that was like pulling you away from God and like the things that you should be doing, I mean, that would make sense. But I don't know if, um, I mean, it's just like, like for some people, it's like almost like you're paying for the entertainment of it. Not, you know, it's not like just not all gambling is you've lost your house. So I don't, I don't know if like that conflicts with our caucus at all. Um, did you have one last one, um, Mr. Democrat guy? Yeah. Uh, my last question is uh, if you could ban immigration from one country, which one would it be and why? Oh, oh man, that's uh, oh, Israel. Be, be, because that's where uh, all the pedophiles are. Oh God! Okay. <laughs> I <laughs> hope right. that's kind of a tongue-in-cheek um, uh, answer there. <laughs> his his yeah yeah. <laughs> his whole that's kind of his whole thing is the like shock thing. So okay, um. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps it up for us. Thanks so much, Toad, for joining us. And we will be back in, I think it's two weeks, right, Albert, yes. with Josh yes, two Smith? Weeks. Yeah. So we have Josh Smith in two Sundays from now at the same time, 6.30 Eastern. And then after that, we have two more scheduled, and those will be Zoom. The, week, the Sunday after is with... Um, Mike. Most, yeah, Mike Termat, and then the Sunday after that is with Jacob Hornberger, and that is all we have scheduled so far, but that pretty good turnout, and we appreciate the participation. All right. Well, thank you all for joining, and we'll talk to you okay. soon. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thanks for having me.